Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Seary. So last week, we went through a handful of quirks experienced by the Left of Normal, or at least by this Left of Normal. We talked a bit about eye contact, conversating, socializing, humor, and my highly refined sense of wit and sarcasm. Today we have a handful more quirks that make the left of normals better people than the normies. So let's start with phone calls and text messages. And we'll go ahead and lump emails kind of into that as well. Uh, For me, I prefer the written uh, text, direct message, or email. I'll get to the why behind that here in just a little bit. But each means does have a purpose. As a business owner, I put together this hierarchy of communication depending on importance. Email is my preferred method if I need a response within a few days, then email exchanges are just fine. If I need a response today, but not necessarily immediately, then I send a text message. But if I need to know right now, or if it's very urgent, a phone call is what's needed. And I suppose if we wanted to have a little bit of fun with this, snail mail could be included if I need a response within a couple of weeks. But really, that's just irresponsible to clog up the USPS and waste paper when really everything can be done electronically these days. As far as phone calls are concerned, I linked to a blog post on Monday about why those on the autism wheel don't really like phone calls. Most of us, anyway. The author had a bunch of really good points, and I'll relay a few of them that resonated with myself and why I find the phone to be rather tedious. First of all, calls are unpredictable. My phone could ring at any moment. In fact, as I started recording, it started this podcast, it started ringing. It came up with just healthcare as the caller, so I went ahead and ignored that one. But likely, I won't answer 90% of the calls that come in because it's just scammers that are interrupting my day. But even more than the unpredictability of the timing of the call, it's the conversation that will ensue. Unless we have scheduled this call, which I prefer to do with most people and especially clients, I don't know what the topic of our call is going to be. And someone might be calling to yell at me, or maybe they're calling to encourage me. Maybe they need something. Maybe it's the FBI telling me that they found the body and they're on their way to arrest me if I don't send them $1,000 worth of Walmart gift cards. One of my earlier episodes talked about how left of normals like predictability. I tend to read the movie spoilers before watching a movie so I know when and what happens. I'll look up when characters die in an ongoing series, and even more, I rehearse many, many of my conversations before actually getting into them. 
I like to have prepared and thought out answers for what might come up. Phone calls are unpredictable and they really don't allow for any of that. Second of all, calls are interrupting. I schedule out my day, or at least my work day, in one hour time blocks. I know that from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., I'll be working on XYZ project. I have prepared for the task. I know what the task is going to accomplish. And I know that I need to get this done before 2 p.m. or else I'll have to reschedule some time for it later. Then I get into the groove and I work on the task. And a phone call interrupts that groove. And then it's kind of that record scratching me right out of that groove and into a different groove. Then, then I have to get out of that groove and back into the original groove, having set me back for who knows how long. And now my entire day is thrown off and I might as well just quit and go back to bed because all is lost and meaningless. And then consider the fact that they are unpredictable in length. I don't know if this call is going to be 15 seconds, 15 minutes, or 15 hours. Combine that with my inability to gracefully tell you to bugger off, and I'm really at your mercy for when you want to end the conversation and put me out of my misery. Thirdly, calls are hard to read. A lot of left of normal people have difficulty reading expressions, facial expressions, body language. I feel I'm actually pretty good at reading expressions acknowledging them and then knowing the socially acceptable thing to say as a follow-up is completely different. So when my wife comes to me and she's upset about something and I just say they're there and pat her on the head. Now suppose you and I are conversating in real life and you say something like, damn, you look fine AF today. And I can read your big goofy smile and realize that you're using sarcasm. And then I look down and notice I have mustard all over my shirt and my fly is open. But now if we're conversating on the phone and you say, damn, you're the sexiest man alive. I can only assume that you're not using sarcasm and I am indeed the sexiest man alive. We can have a poll on that later, right? fully expect a unanimous agreement that I should be on the cover of Time or Life or Cosmo or something as Sexiest Man Alive. So finally, we come to the conclusion that phone calls are anxiety-producing. There's far too much unpredictability and inability to read the other person when on the phone with them. They derail what I have going on, and the phone is overall just better served as a device to send text messages or watch cat videos. And then don't even like get me started on video calls. For family, they're okay, but I don't need to stare at the little picture of me in the corner of the screen trying to make sure that I'm not making weird faces while we chat. Video calls are just 
largely obnoxious, and I'm looking at you, Chase Raynock. Literally, like, every time Chase calls, he wants to do a video call, and so I would just prop the phone up, point it mostly away from me, and then go into my rehearsed, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, wow, no way. It's kind of like a script on Last Action Hero when Arnold Barnschwager's wife calls him and he just turns the tape on and sets the phone down and says something that'll keep her busy for about an hour. You should watch that movie. It's a good one. Calls do, however, serve a purpose. I would rather have a five-minute interruption than 35 text messages going back and forth dinging at me for God knows how long. And if that call has been scheduled, such as a call with a prospect or a client, then I have time to prepare for it. I have time to rehearse the scripts I will use during said phone call. And I have indicated on my one-hour time block that I will be working on this project during that time so it doesn't derail the rest of the day. As for my proclivity for texts and emails. Proclivity is a word here which means much, much rather text or email instead of call. I lean that way because I can consider the words I am using and change them before they're sent out. On the phone, once words are spoken, the only hope is that the recipient didn't hear them clearly. Or maybe I can backpedal and say I was really actually just responding to something else or yelling at the TV instead of talking to the person with whom I was actually talking. So if you called me up and say something along the lines of, yesterday was pretty cool. We rescued all those orphans from the structure fire. But do you think I looked fat in the outfit that I was wearing? Me, knowing that it's a sin to lie, I will say something along the lines of, Yeah, but I could give you some good diet and exercise tips so you look less chubby next time. And then you get mad and everyone's sad for a considerable considerable period of time. On the phone, I don't get the option to pause and think of the right words, nor can I say some some of my words, delete, rephrase, delete a little bit, edit for some proper grammar, and then send the appropriate message that I fully intended to send at first. So now if you texted me that same question, I could have a few minutes to consider my response, and I could reply with something that isn't a lie, but doesn't full-on just call you a lardass. Maybe something along the lines of, well, we weren't really planning to rescue orphans from the fire, so you didn't have a chance to plan the appropriate attire. Deflect without hurting your fat feelings. By the way, scripting out this cast, I typed and retyped my response sentence somewhere around six times just to get the right words that I would actually type had someone sent me a message about looking fat in the outfit while rescuing orphans. So I had originally intended about four different quirks to discuss. 
But the topic of telephones came up earlier this week, and it seemed to be a good one that's not just for the left of normal, but I know a lot of people really don't like talking on the phone. And so there was a a lot that kind of went into this lot to unpack here, so we can get into some of the other quirks at a later date. But for now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right, and if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join our Facebook community. Remember that telephone calls throw us left of normals off track and often ruin our entire day, so we do prefer text. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.